SEP Fanfic Readings presents Thanks to the Photographs by Unstable Hufflepuff Chapter 4 Professor Granger Hermione did not like how these students were looking at her. Not one bit. The younger ones looked up at the staff table in awe, clearly recognizing her from tales about Harry Potter's best friends. The older ones, on the other hand, were recognizing her for something else. There was no mystery to it. She could see the narrowed eyes, the dopey grins, and she could even hear the snickering if she listened hard enough. She tried not to. She should have used Sleek Easy's hair potion to straighten her hair that day. Maybe she'd be harder to recognize then. Though that strategy would have failed the second Minerva introduced her as the new Transfiguration Professor. At least she wasn't the only one being stared at. She wondered if Malfoy noticed the first year's trembling and fear. She hoped not. Judging by the way his hand was clenched around the arm of his chair, however, she knew that he did. She'd been so caught up in her own scandal that she nearly forgot that there would be people that took issue with their children being taught by a reformed Death Eater. The proclamation of her new position at the school was met with an uproar of applause, cheer, and wolf-whistling. Only a handful of students applauded Malfoy, and they were all glared at by their peers for doing so. Malfoy had merely nodded, his jaw clenched tightly, and retook his seat as Minerva carried on with her start-of-term speech. Hermione was glad when the food appeared on their golden plates. It was something to stall the absence of speech. She sat between Malfoy and Veronica, with Neville on Malfoy's other side, and it was clear she wasn't the only one hesitant to address the situation at hand. She braced herself for all of the questions she'd receive, ones about Harry and Ron from younger pupils, eager to hear more about the life of the Chosen One and his friends— and then the very different questions she was sure to receive from the older. Still, no matter how much preparation she'd done, how many deep breaths she took, her stomach was still twisting unpleasantly when the second-year Ravenclaws and Slytherins entered her classroom the following morning. She hadn't done much to change the decor of the room, so it looked like any other classroom in the castle. Rows upon rows of desks sat before her own, which was beside a large blackboard. She'd considered putting her name on it, but that wasn't exactly necessary— so she instead opted to sit on her desk, her legs dangling over it, and smiled softly as the students flooded in. The usual tension that normally took place when meeting a new teacher, not knowing how they would react to things, was not there. The class took their seats eagerly, whispering to one another excitedly and looking up at her in what could only be called admiration. It was slightly overwhelming, and yet a relief all the same. She waited until they were all settled and silent before speaking. "'I know it's likely a little tedious to do so,' she began, still smiling. "'But allow me to introduce myself.' A few students giggled, and her smile came easier. "'I am Professor Granger, and I will be your new Transfiguration teacher. I spent the last two years in Italy, studying under a very talented Master of Transfiguration, in order to achieve a mastery of my own. I am well versed in the subject, but alas, I've never taught before, so I don't entirely know what I'm doing just yet.' "'I hope you'll bear with me while I figure it out.' A Ravenclaw girl with auburn hair raised her hand, and Hermione nearly laughed at the way she was lifting partially out of her seat in her eagerness. She really did hope she hadn't looked that desperate bobbing up and down with her hand waving in her own youth, but knew that this was exactly how she had appeared. "'Yes, Miss... Wren, Professor! Claudia Wren!' "'Go on, Miss Wren.' Claudia Wren beamed. "'Who were you studying under?' "'The master I studied under was Malcolm Adler,' said Hermione. "'He actually went to Hogwarts, too.' Claudia gasped. "'Isn't he the one who invented a way around Gemp's law of elemental transfiguration?' she asked, not even bothering to hide her excitement. 
I read in Transfiguration today last year that he'd produced a spell to multiply quantities of food, with an efficiency that allows the fabricated food to exist with the same potency as which it was made from. It's a truly remarkable discovery, and I read that they even started using it in shelters during food shortages, and that pamphlets have been sent out to low-income families with instructions on how to cast the spell themselves. Were you there when Adler created it? Hermione's heart sank just a little. She inhaled sharply and nodded, forcing herself to smile again. It wasn't the girl's fault. She couldn't have known the truth. Yes, as a matter of fact, I was, she said. Now, if that's all, can you tell us about his process? asked Claudia. Many of her other classmates glowered at her. Perhaps another time, said Hermione, somewhat tensely. For now, I think it's best that we get on with the lesson. Can you tell us about Harry Potter? a scrawny, slithering boy said. "'What's he like in real life?' "'Are you still good friends with him and Ron Weasley?' another Slytherin asked curiously. "'Of course she is,' said the girl next to him snappishly. "'I've read that she and Ron Weasley are the godparents to his children.' "'Did you really break into Gringotts in 1997? "'Is it true you escaped on a dragon? "'What was it like in the Battle of Hogwarts? "'My mum won't tell me. "'Did you really date Harry Potter back when you were in school? "'Oh, his eyes are so dreamy.' Did Harry's scar really burn when there was danger? Are you married to Ron Weasley? It took a longer time than Hermione would have liked to get to the lesson, and even then, every question posed was not on the subject of transfiguration at all. She went over the various topics they'd be studying that year, and by the time she'd finished, the bell had rung, dismissing them before she got a chance to do anything. The fourth years she had next were even worse. My sister says you're a slut. Bradley, you can't say that. She's a teacher. Where'd you go when you disappeared? Is that why you got a mastery in transfiguration? Because you were running away? I can't believe you cheated on Ron Weasley. What did Harry Potter think about you fucking over his best friend? Bradley, for fuck's sake, you can't swear in front of teachers. The bell that signified the break for lunch was like music to Hermione's ears. She had taken so many points from her fourth years for swearing and calling her names that half of them were glaring at her when they finally left. She didn't bother joining them in the Great Hall. She didn't have much of an appetite any more. The first years were next, and she thanked whatever entity above that they were all too nervous about the first lesson to ask many questions. She actually managed to get to the practical part of the lesson, where she taught them some of the wand movements they would need to know in preparation for their next lesson. But then the six years rolled in, a mix of Slytherins and Hufflepuffs. It was chaotic, to say the least. These students were old enough to keep track of the news themselves, to have heard about what was essentially her social suicide after growing up thinking she was Mother Teresa incarnate. Their feelings of betrayal were clear. Hermione had never seen so many Hufflepuffs look at her with such disdain, and she had never come across any muggle-born Slytherins before, but, judging by the way they were looking at her like a meal, those two boys in the back row definitely had access to computers. One of them even complimented her O-face. She was the first to leave when the bell rang. Professionalism be damned. Again, she didn't bother with the great hall, and she had a sneaking suspicion she wasn't the only one. She instead went down to the kitchens and waited for the corridor to clear before entering, not wanting to reveal the secret entrance to any students that may be watching. Creature provided her with a very nice bottle of elderberry wine. Bless him. He was much nicer to her now, thanks to the months she, Ron, and Harry spent at Grimmauld Place while on the run. He shot vehement looks at the other house-elves that tried to serve her, letting them know that it was his job, and his only. It was sweet, albeit a little disturbing. Hermione's next stop was the charms classroom. 
Just as she'd predicted, Malfoy was still there, sitting at his desk with his head in his hands. He hadn't made any changes to his classroom either, and she wondered if the reason neither of them had done so was to avoid further judgment. He raised his head when she entered, and appeared relieved to see that it was only her. What a funny thing, Hermione mused, Draco Malfoy being relieved to see her. She wasted no time, just stomped over and hoisted herself up to sit on the edge of his desk beside him, crossing her legs. Malfoy sat back in his seat, raising an eyebrow at her and tilting his head to one side, evidently confused. "'Do your students think you're a Death Eater?' she asked bluntly. He didn't miss a beat. "'Do yours think you're a whore?' "'Yep!' Hermione pulled the bottle of wine out from where she was hiding it in her robes and slammed it down in front of him, giving him a smile that held no amusement. "'Let's get fucked up!' And then they proceeded to get extremely intoxicated. "'Imagine if Snape could see us right now,' Malfoy muttered, smirking slightly. He was lounging in his office chair, where they'd retreated to after finishing the wine Hermione had brought, in order to retrieve the fire whiskey he had in his desk. There was no other furniture present in the room yet, so while he was leaning back with his feet up, she was lying on her back on top of his desk, staring at the ceiling as though it posed a great philosophical question. "'Imagine if our younger selves could see us right now,' she said darkly. Malfoy snorted. "'I would think something went seriously wrong,' he said. "'At least you're not serving a wizarding Hitler any more,' said Hermione thoughtfully. "'So something clearly went right as well.' "'Who the fuck is Hitler?' Hermione turned on her side to face him, propping her head up on her hand. She gave him an unimpressed look. "'I can't believe you don't know who Adolf Hitler is.' "'Is he a muggle?' asked Malfoy, and he scoffed when she nodded. "'I know jack shit about muggles, Granger.' even the famous ones. She took a long sip of fire whiskey while watching him frown, his brow furrowed, and scratched his chin in mock concentration. Well, he said, a broad grin spreading across his pale and chiseled face, I've heard about one particular well-known muggle, or at least their son. Hermione glared up at him as she took her next sip. You're an arse, she concluded. So I've been told. She put her glass down to give him a rude hand gesture, and in response, he prodded her head with his foot, laughing. "'Remember when I slapped you in the face?' she asked. "'Yes,' said Malfoy, still chortling. Third year. I was talking smack about that oaf that you love so much.' "'Good,' said Hermione firmly. "'I was just making sure you remembered.' He grinned shamelessly. "'Why? You thinking about doing it again?' "'Yes,' Malfoy chuckled and shook his head, shifting a little in his seat to get more comfortable. "'Nah,' he said. "'I'm not the one you really want to hit. I'm quite sure that honor goes to Weasley these days.' Hermione groaned and immediately finished her drink, scrunching up her face in disgust. She then held out her glass expectantly. Rolling his eyes, Malfoy leaned forward to pick the bottle of fire whiskey off his desk and give her a refill. As he sat back again, his expression became pensive, and that worried her. What? How did it happen? he asked, eyeing her curiously. How did everything go down? What do you mean? asked Hermione, frowning. Everyone thought you'd wind up marrying him, regardless of his hair and level of intelligence. Malfoy raised his eyebrows, openly curious now. So, what happened? I have a hard time believing Skeeter's version of events, that you cheated on him and broke his heart. You seriously want to know? "'About the weasel fucking up? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Very much so, in fact.' Hermione sighed, and, after taking another sip of liquid courage, laid back down on the desk, returning her gaze to the ceiling. 
We fought a lot, she said after a long moment. In the beginning, things were good, really good. He was, well, I loved him. But then a couple of years passed, and he wanted to settle down. Kept saying I should switch to a less time-consuming career so that I could be home for our kids. Obviously, I didn't want that. She waited for Malfoy to say something, most likely to insult Ron or even herself, but he was silent, so she continued. One day, I... I was just so sick of having the same argument over and over again. I couldn't take it any more. I told him to stop and that I couldn't do this right now, and that I was done. And then he stormed out. I knew he needed time to cool off, so I just... I got ready for bed and waited for him to come home so that maybe... maybe we could talk again, try to work out some sort of compromise. I loved him. I didn't want it to be over. So I waited. She then turned her head ever so slightly to look at Malfoy. He was watching her with an unreadable expression, swirling the amber liquid around in his glass without drinking it. She turned back to the ceiling. It was dawn when he finally walked through the door, she said quietly. She bit her lip, recalling the image of Ron standing in the doorway, his hair a mess and his clothes disheveled. I could tell he was drunk, that we weren't going to be able to talk about it just then, so I helped him get into bed and gave him some water. I promised we'd speak when he was sober. The next morning, when I told him I was willing to compromise, that maybe I'd take a few years off, and as soon as we were married, we could start trying for kids, and he... God, I don't know how I didn't see it then. He looked so guilty. Hermione forced herself into a sitting position, turning her body to face Malfoy, and letting her legs dangle off the desk in front of him. She tucked her hair behind her ears and took a sip of her drink, avoiding his gaze. We came to an agreement she went on heavily. We were going to get married sometime in the next year and start a family. Once our first was born, I was going to leave the ministry and stay home from then on, or at least until the baby was old enough to come here. He said we could maybe work something else out for the next one, if I still wanted to work, but I don't know if he meant it. She paused for another step, still not looking at Malfoy. She could practically feel his gaze burning into her face, but she did not dare raise her head. Things were good for a while, it almost felt like it had before. And then one night, about a month later, we were sitting at the dinner table, discussing how we were going to tell his family the news. He said he had had a ring picked out, and that it would be ready for when we saw them that weekend. Harry and Ginny were the only ones we'd already told. She heaved a great sigh, sniffling a little. And that's when the doorbell rang. Lavender, said Malfoy softly. Hermione nodded. I didn't bother waiting for an explanation, she said. As soon as Lavender said how far along she was, I knew. I apparated to Harry and Ginny's place and told them what happened, and demanded that Ginny take me out somewhere where Ritaskita's people wouldn't find us. The Muggle nightclub we went to. God, I hardly remember it. I'd never been so drunk in my life. I felt so miserable. So when some good-looking stranger came up to me and offered to buy me another drink, I thought, there's no way I'm going back to Ron now. So what the hell? I went back with him to the hotel he was staying at, told Ginny it'd be fine, and that I was fine. I'm guessing you weren't. She finally looked up, meeting Malfoy's gaze, and was glad to find that there was nothing cold or amused about it. He was just watching, listening, patient. I couldn't even remember his name. I'm sure he told me, but... Anyway, the next morning I left before he woke up and went back to Harry and Ginny's. Everything was... Well, I don't know. It seemed normal. When Harry said that Ron had come over while I was gone, but they sent him away, 
told him to give me space. I didn't know I'd been seen until that afternoon, when I went to a muggle coffee shop. James had been teething and wouldn't stop crying, and my head was pounding. I just had to get out. Malfoy frowned. That's when you saw the muggle papers, wasn't it? While you were in the coffee shop. Hermione nodded. It was horrible, she said, her voice hardly above a whisper. Everyone there was already reading the article, and looking at me funny, and when I saw the picture for the first time... She shook her head, feeling an uncomfortable lump in her throat. It was obvious where it had been taken from. The room had looked out onto the pool area, and we were right up against the window. I know you've seen it in the wizarding ones, but they don't cover up as much in the muggle papers. I had no idea the man I was with was someone who'd be watched. I thought going somewhere in Muggle London would be safe. There were pictures of us at the club, of us stumbling on the sidewalk, entering the hotel. I don't know how I didn't notice. He was even looking directly at the camera in some of them, and he didn't say anything. At that, Malfoy's face finally held some judgment. He was frowning in disgust on her behalf, clearly repulsed by this man's actions. But then his frown deepened and his eyes narrowed. "'You keep asking people if they know about... what's it called? The Internet?' he asked. "'What does that have to do with this? Is that a muggle magazine or something?' Hermione sighed and rubbed her eyes with the heel of her hands. "'No, it's... well, it's sort of muggle technology. It's fairly new, but there are gossip sites on it that had more pictures and other sites had a video.' "'A what?' "'You know how muggle photographs can move?' "'But they sort of go in a loop,' she asked, and Malfoy nodded. "'It's sort of like that, but longer. "'It can capture a whole moment that one can replay as many times as they want. "'And if it's on the Internet, anyone can access it.' "'He nodded again, slowly this time, as though he were considering this. "'She waited for him to understand, and when he did, his mouth fell agape. "'He gave her incredulous look.' Are you saying that people can watch you having sex with some bloke over and over again whenever they want? Hermione smiled grimly. Malfoy was sitting up straighter now, leaning towards her aghast. Granger, Granger, please tell me these video things at least cover stuff up. She said nothing. He looked horrified. Fuck, he said, dropping back down into his seat, still staring at her with his mouth hanging open. No wonder you left. That's so. Is it even legal? No. I know I'm supposed to be all buddy-buddy with the muggles now, but fuck! And Weasley? Merlin Granger, the man's a little bitch! I hope he chokes on his own wand and dies! Hermione couldn't help it. It might have been the alcohol, or the fact that she felt much lighter having actually talked about this to someone for the first time since it happened. But she began to laugh. And once she started, she couldn't stop. Malfoy watched in bewilderment as she hunched over, clutching her stomach and gasping for air. There were tears in her eyes, ones that, for once, weren't about her situation. She had not laughed this hard in a very, very long time, and soon he was joining her. The sound of their laughter echoed throughout the office, bouncing off the walls and reverberating around them. It was something like a symphony, or a promise. A promise that, even if she had very few people left, there was someone that understood— someone that didn't care. And maybe it was because he never did, so this time wouldn't be any different. It was simply unimportant to him. She was unimportant to him. Perhaps that was a good thing, having someone that didn't question your decision simply because they thought it was below them to do so. 
and perhaps that was just what she needed. Someone that didn't care. 